Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast, I'm Tom Barbelay. Today, a brand loyalty topic. When I was young and growing up, there were certain things that were just overly expensive. Computers were one of them, and hobbies were another thing. So most of my hobbies related to things that I didn't have to buy. And when I did have to buy things, they would have to be in relatively small portions. Early on, a small group of us, miscreant, probably ten-year-olds, decided to start role-playing, and this had come through a series of books written by a fellow called Steve Jackson that were loosely classified as fighting fantasy games. Through this period of time, although there were a number of companies that were affiliated with these kind of projects, one of the companies that stuck with me, and primarily because it became a thing through my teenage years, was a company called Games Workshop, which still exists to this day, or at least at the time of this recording. The thing that captivated me about Games Workshop was the dark, chaotic fantasy. As I started to realise in my adult life, was related with probably good quantities of hallucinogens and also just bad British weather. And these two things in equal part created the mythos behind the Games Workshop world, which in part was based on Tolkien, but also in part was based on a wide variety of original fantasy scholarship in particular, if you were to take a human population and perturb them in a series of uh, different directions, you know, what would come out of this? What kind of demonic, almost satanic groups would emerge from this? And a lot of this narrative I found really very fascinating. In early adult life, well, actually probably in my late 20s, early 30s, I went back and started to chart through this documentation and this mythos to get a greater understanding of what appealed to me when I was in my teens, early teens. By the time I was 13, Games Workshop was associated with a regular wargaming group, which was predominantly adults. And by this point, I decided that the period of my life devoted to Games Workshop had to end. The stuff was extraordinarily expensive in Australia, and quite frankly, I couldn't afford to be a part of this particular hobby. The hobby related to collecting, painting, and fighting battles with, at the time, lead, soon to be pewter-based toy soldiers. And the mythos was not only in the creation of these toy soldiers, but it was also in the rule books and the documentation and the monthly magazine that came out with Games Workshop-related stuff. There was a fantasy-based universe and also a science-fiction-based universe, and through spending copious quantities of hours... Uh, with my friend Alex Gurat Brooks, I started to realise that uh, the mythology had kind of soaked into me. However, spending time with adult men with extreme body odour and just a general sense of disdain for, uh, you know, young boys, or at least they showed that, I decided that uh, this wasn't going to be for me. Until after about a year of being in the UK, I stumbled across their monthly publication and started to thumb through their pages once again. What I realised in the UK was that I had actual primary access to a number of the folks in Games Workshop, in particular the figure sculptors and the painters that had really captivated my childhood, well, my early adolescence. And through this period of time, I made a number of friends in the kind of broader Games Workshop sphere with the view that I'd already reached a certain level of professional respect, or at least I felt that way myself, and I could interact with them in a way where, you know, copious quantities of time, a certain amount of money, a certain amount of lead, and a variety of different bits and pieces were exchanged. 
I've gone through periods of time in my life where I've kind of gone back to this, particularly in terms of reading, and I have a collection of about 800 toy soldiers that are very beautifully painted, some painted by a wide variety of folk who are legendary uh, within this particular sphere. But it's a hobby that I can put on the shelf and come back to periodically. I very, very, very infrequently play these games. When my friend Alex Garrett Brooks came to stay last year, I was able to play a few games with him. But I like the idea that fantasy, in its rawest possible form, in its rawest sweaty teenage form, Tom of 12 and 13 pouring through magazines, staring at these astronomically expensive, gorgeously painted miniatures, could still kind of cultivate this fantasy in Tom in his late 30s. So I have a small collection of books that I thumb through periodically associated with these works, but typically of the time where I was 13, 14. And certainly I look periodically in on places where Games Workshop games are played, and I periodically make purchases to make sure that Games Workshop still exists as a form. I don't have any stock. I've considered earning stock at various points in time. But to me, Games Workshop represents an ideal that fantasy narrative, that things that uh, aren't part of the everyday, you know, humdrum world can exist and can be profitable and can continue to inspire generations of miscreant children that maybe there is a different world out there that can be dabbled in occasionally. And one of the things I found particularly fascinating was actually going back and connecting with some of the originators of this and looking at their inspirations and their passions and their interests and how this thing came together as an entity. Not a particularly mainstream entity, but an entity nonetheless. Tom Barbelay in the Bay Area, signing out.